0: Hey listeners, this is your producer Nate, and I just wanted to check in with you and tell you that we are going to be off for Memorial Day next week on May the 25th, so there will be no Texas Oil and Gas podcast this coming week. We will resume broadcasting on June 2nd. We'll see you there.
1: Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
2: we back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. This is episode 156. and fifty-six. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, uh, looks like oil's over 30, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago, that wouldn't have been good news, but uh, this week is great news, man. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, had a had a good good weekend at Corpus Christi. Um, met some oil and gas guys down there. That worked uh, worked in uh, South Eagleford. Um, just had a, had a good time, man. How, how's your week going it's so far?
1: It's funny, Nate. He he just kind of skips over the fact that we're recording a day late. You know, this just, just happens to admit that this is on Tuesday. We're recording. We've historically recorded on Monday and he had a, he had a disease date that, that struck him. Over- uh-huh. I mean, I didn't see it. I can't confirm with my own eyes. Um, and let me see here. Do we have the symptoms that he listed? He had, I think a fever. Yep. He had um. uh, a sore throat. Uh, what else did he say? Something about a cough. No cough. A little achy? No sore throat uh uh body aches chills body aches i think he said something about a ventilator in there somewhere but i wasn't sure but he (laughs) said uh you know and so we had it
0: was mainly just a paper bag but uh yeah
1: (laughs) oh hyperventilating sorry um so we didn't record yesterday so we are a day late because josh has a virus um that we will not
0: name an unspecified Um, virus of unknown origin
1: Yes, the origin is being contested in more ways than one. That is a very astute observation, Nate. Um, I did ask Josh, Nate. I thought I thought it was appropriate because, you know, uh, what's going on? I said, did you get tested for the coronavirus? I'm not going to answer that question. I will let the listeners decide on what they think uh, Josh did or didn't do. But that well,
2: I'm, I'm taking donations. If anybody can donate a COVID-19 test, I may or may not take it. Uh, so send one <laughs> and we'll... <laughs> We'll, we'll sort of through the details. All right, so
1: we have some reviews that come in. One that was uh, curious, I would uh, I would say, everyone's a socialist in a crisis. Uh, three stars. I guess that is a socialist rating. Like you don't give yeah, excellent, yeah. you don't give terrible, you give it right down the center.
0: That's a socialist
2: rating. They but we redistributed always, two of our stars. I wonder who they went to.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good question. So someone went to, to Mark McCourt for two of his podcasts. Yeah, one star each.
1: Well, you know. We, we, we only accept fives because we're not socialists. But anyways, so everyone's a socialist in a crisis. Edward Moore, Edward Moore seven. Let's say the U.S. government didn't shut a thing down. What would the price of oil be? 29, 32, 35. Would overleveraged shale companies be thriving at that environment? So the answer to the latter question, would they be thriving? I, I don't think, no. I think we'd all
2: agree with that. They would shut in production on their own because the prices are killing them like they did before the government did yeah, I anything? Don't, I don't, so right.
1: the, the problem with what would the price have been is when you say, so when, and I'm not trying to be nitpicky here, but you say, let's say the U S government did shut things down. It wasn't the U S government. It was all of the governments around the world, except for like Sweden, like all of the government shut down things. So, um, so if you just took the U S out, obviously it would have the price. I don't think anyone's getting, getting that, but how much or whatever, you know, I don't know. But, as far as the shell companies, yeah, you'd have different responses. Some would have shut in, uh, shut in some wouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, so I, I don't know what comment we made that he's, resp- he, uh, uh, he's responding to on that. So, uh, so is,
2: is he saying that we should be a socialist and we're not, or that we are a socialist based on our responses? Because we've been pretty straight anti socialist on all the policies, um, I would say. So he must be saying... During crisis, socialism is the answer, right? Is that, I guess that's his I, argument there.
1: I guess. Well, why is it not the answer all the time then? Like if it's.
2: Yeah. Like, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, because I don't know. The, the, the problem, the problem with that view of that, that view is is going to be once socialism reaches in and grabs control during the crisis, it ain't letting go. Um, it's going to continue on, which is why when the, the, the tech, Texas uh, railroad commission, Met and they were talking about enforcing these production cuts. They didn't want to go in that direction. Um, right. Companies kind of in the free market kind of figure this thing out. They cut their production, and uh, and they didn't want to they didn't want to you know, implement these government policies that would prevent right. people from from producing. So I,
1: maybe you can email in and clarify. I don't I'm not trying to be facetious. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't fully understand. The only thing that I thought at the end of last show, we, we had a discussion about should the government be bailing out people in general. And one of the things was um, the answer is, you know, almost always no. the question here is the response from the COVID has caused businesses to go out of business or to yeah. suffer your losses. Um, which makes it hard for me just to be a blanket. No, the government should never step in. I, I don't okay. want all the things that you listed or, are, are legit concerns. And why I'm not saying, Hey, they should step in. It's just, we need to all acknowledge that this is a different argument than, you know, Bob went out of business because Bob was, you know, doing bad management practices. It could be. One of the things that, that, that maybe he's alluding to, and I see the people say, is that, well, these companies were going to go out of business regardless. Well, the problem with that is, is that we, we had, there, there's some that obviously would. Okay, I don't think that's been, but which ones would have, which ones wouldn't? We don't know. There wasn't a list. They had the right to go out of business on their own you know, that that's, that's what they should have the right to do. Um, so again, I'm not saying that the, you know, Trump should be stroking checks to the oil and gas companies or not, or or whatever. It's just folks, you got to turn off the MSNBC, the Fox news. You got to have principles in which you think about issues. You got to think through things. And if you say that there's no bailouts ever, or there's no loans for the government ever, which 99.9999% of the time I'd agree with you. There is a time in which the situation does arise and you go, okay, is this a different situation? Um, but when they do it, we all know that the government's going to screw it up. So I'd rather them not do it almost for that sake. But anyways, that's the point we were trying to get at. I think maybe it's yeah. to, but emailing well, the, the show, send us a note, let us, let us know. Right. Well,
2: the caveat there would be they implemented five socialist policies that wreck companies. And so is it their responsibility to do the sixth one and help out? So it, it becomes different yeah. because we're not living in a free market because they're inculcating these socialist policies that Right. Or, you know, shutting us down.
1: Yeah. And then which ones do you save and which ones do you not save? And how long do you save them for? It's a, it's, it's just, that is an interesting discussion that we can have another day, but I think maybe that would be the only thing that would be somewhat socialist. And, uh, that, uh, I had a few friends go chuckle out of someone calling us a socialist potentially. All right. The next one, top five roast month. This one from Scotty Sears is a five star. He, uh, Scotty obviously knows the rules. It's five stars only. Um, and definitely in the top five, a podcast devoted exclusively to Texas oil and gas business. And that is anchored by a couple upperly mobile routes abouts. So let me just say here, if we're in the top five of podcasts that are called Texas oil and gas podcasts, I think that's a good day for us, Josh. So, um, I think we can consider that a victory and we'll go about our business, but we are at 267 five star
2: reviews, which means we need
1: 33 to get to 300. Um any significance with
2: thirty-three that we can think of we can loosely tie it to? Uh I'm turning thirty-three in November. There we go. Josh
0: is about to be one third of a century. So if people should give us a hundred reviews. I'll be thirty-five in July.
1: So let's go ahead and get two we need like, you know, just a few more just to get us. Wait, no, it goes down. Right. So never mind. How are you, Nate? Like twelve? Uh thirteen actually. Thirteen. so anyways all right so let's get into enough enough of the reviews and uh, we would appreciate a five-star review if you 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 got something to spare
2: all right so one of the good things about uh doing the show today is some uh, news came out yesterday looking at some of the oil prices oil um above 30 cnbc put out an article uh cnbc markets uh where uh, they talked about uh, West Texas Intermediate futures are rallying to a two-month high. Um, they kind of compared that to where we're at you know, a month ago, which was not good. Um, the question is going to be: Does this trend continue, or is this is it kind of plateauing for a little while? Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell um, at, at this point where we're at, but it's good to see that oil is up to 30. So that's that's the big news of the week. Uh, we're getting close to where I think some, some of these companies can actually get back to drilling. Now I know there's going to be some trepidation with that because they don't want to drill it back down. Uh, so at least it's positive. You know, I'm optimistic. Look, look at you. People have
1: won. People don't want positive Josh. They like negative Josh. And here you are with the, the Shmorona virus and you're coming out all positive. I thought get, you get the Rona would be, um, would be, you know, make you a little bit more feisty. It's disappointing. So let's talk about the prices. Um, first thing is there's been several reports and I haven't got to dig into them. But I've seen the headlines that China oil demand is almost back to pre-COVID um, pandemic levels. Now, I haven't looked into them personally. I've seen the headlines. I've got them saved. to look into later this week to kind of see what's going on with that. Um, but if that is the case, obviously that would be a, you know, a big step in the right direction. If China does get back to um, that level of old demand. And it means that while other parts of the economy might be suffering, um, you know, maybe a coffee shop or a bookstore or whatever, because folks don't want to go in and get the virus. Um, they are still driving enough to, for what, you know, what what drives our industry to kind of get that back, um, going once things open up again globally. So I think that's, that was a good sign. Uh, again, I haven't got to really delve into the numbers a lot, but that was positive to kind of see that, you know, maybe China is, Um, going to be back to demand, you know, sooner rather than later. Now the flip side of that is Josh, is that, you know, what is, how is the world going to respond as we open back up? And so if you look at, let's see here, I believe, let's go back to China here. I believe China ordered a hundred million people, be tested in Wuhan. Is that right? I Remember that? Right. But anyways, yeah, 11 million. Sorry. eleven million. so they're trying to test all 11 million people in Wuhan right now. Um, and that started a few days ago. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to potentially shut back down and then we're back to the, the, um, the demand dropping or will they just quarantine certain people? So as we get back out into popular society, how will governments determine what they're going to do? Are they going to shut back down now? the benefit we have on this side is that because production has dropped so much that if the economy does slow back down, that you won't have as as much of an impact as you had before, right? Because we're not pumping as much oil. So therefore we're putting less into supply and have, have a quicker chance of making draws. So that's, those are all positives. Um, As to your point about drilling, I'm not sure, you know, there's been some folks who've indicated that they may drill at 30 to 35. Boy, that's a, yeah, you know, it's, it's their business. They can do what they want to. I don't have a problem with them drilling personally, but it's the public perception would be, um, I don't think they would go over well with the public. You know what I'm saying? They, they, may, they may have, uh, have some, uh, some blowback.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm wondering uh I know China had some issues with a lot of people being fearful. I know just thinking about the vaccine that they they talked about the price was looking at uh, I mean it was low, it was much lower and the the news came out that the virus was having some positive testing some so showing positive signs and that mm-hmm. was what caused the jump in the prices. That just seems to be fickle uh in in my mind when I think about the price is being impacted so much by positive signs from these vaccine tests, uh, yeah,
1: phase one test, which isn't even nowhere near yeah. be close to release. So is there,
2: it seems like just a little bit of news out of China, you know, they're doing all these tests. It's just a little bit of news to go the wrong way and oil prices may drop back down. So you get me back, you get me back out of the optimistic phase, Ryan, you're uh, <laughs> there's it's, it's pretty, it's a, it's well, a thin line. Well we can we can we can tightrope this thing though. We can walk it back up to 50 and uh and we'll we'll be back blowing and going out in West Texas. Yeah, by 2022. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't I mean I don't I, I'm still of the
1: opinion that we're not gonna hit fifty by the end of the year. Um but yeah, you know, I mean listen, I would love to be wrong. Um I think there are some other issues that just have to play out before we can we can decide i said we can decide before we can really figure out what the price is going to do um so yeah i mean i so and then as you said if if uh, as we come into the second quarter earnings we will have a better picture of what the the producers that are publicly traded think about on the second half of the year because they'll talk about their drilling program what they expect because they're putting together all that stuff right now so i think if the price is, let's just say, thirty to thirty-five, you know, maybe touching forty occasionally, by the end of July, you'll start to hear those those two uh, second quarter earnings come out, and you will get a better picture for you know Q three, Q four, and Q one of twenty twenty one. At least what the producers are going to do,
2: and um, you know, and how many rigs are going to be operating. Well, uh, there's a our article that came out, uh, Reuters: Coronavirus creates repair headache for oil and gas industry. Um, there's several articles on this subject. I don't know if they're in here or not. Maybe I have them in, the, in the, uh, the the Texas Roundup. But essentially, there's been a lot of checks being written by the government for oil and gas companies. And the reports are that not many of these oil and gas companies are going to pay them back. Um, that they're, they're, It looks like there's going to be a lot of uh, unpaid balances from these oil and gas companies. So the the, the repair headache for oil and gas industry is going to be, all these companies going bankrupt government stepping in and funding um, how is it going to play out when uh, a lot of these companies still don't pay it back or you know they go bankrupt or or they don't make it even after they got all this financial cat you know this financial benefit backing so uh, it's definitely creating a difficult situation for government and um, the fed they're they're talking about stepping in and doing some things uh, and it's
1: yeah, I mean this gets into an issue that I know we've talked about offline. Um, some, and this I think this is a narrative at least worth following. If you look at how the the global governments operate and how they print money and do stuff with money that this that you know the regular folk like me and you can't do, um, you know, it's hard to understand how they anticipate. You know, so I guess we this: if it's okay to print money. And there's no problem with printing money. Then, then you have to say there's no reason for us to pay taxes. Because just print the money to fund the government. There's no reason to pay taxes. You don't need our money. You're actually spending more than we make anyways. But so if printing money is okay, then there's no, reason to, there's no financial reason to tax your, your population. Um, okay. So then they might say, well, it's okay to print money, but some money. Well, the problem is that there is no line on how much money they can print. So you go back to point one, which is they can print money whenever they want to um and and so as this money enters the economy and if a company goes bankrupt and they can't pay back the federal government then you know if that was a bank then the bank takes the l there they risk the loan they take the l well we the taxpayers take the l there which means that no one actually takes the l as far as um you know it's not actually uh, impacting me and you like you know they don't come to my bank account and make a withdrawal. It's just the, the tax rate changes or, you know, various things happen. Uh, but then they just print more money to make up for the, the lost money. Right? So mm-hmm. th- that's something that, that when you just kind of get into the, the fed and how they print money, it's not this argument of other governments as well. That's something that's going to have to be answered after this. I, I think in, um, you know, will all the world governments kind of look around and go, yeah, we all print a bunch of money. Cool. Whatever. It's, it's good. But if that's the case, then why are we taxing people? Like, I mean, I'm trying to be serious as I can be. If you can just print money at will, um, how much do we collect in federal taxes a year? Does anybody know? I can look at it up real quick. Um, U.S.
2: federal $1 trillion, probably something like that. Tax. Well, I think that's G- GDP is like two two trillion. three
1: point three three trillion. Is that what I'm getting?
2: Yeah. So three point
1: three three children, three point three three trillion, and how much? And then Pelosi and them just passed a three trillion dollar stimulus package on Friday. I don't know. If part two, part two. So
2: that's actually right. two. So it's five trillion. That's
1: yeah. Well, they hadn't been signed by Trump, so it might not go in. But yeah. So they have printed. I mean, they have proposed bills that almost double our annual tax revenue. Um, and so, anyways, and so it goes back to the the, the guy. Everybody's a socialist. Well, are you saying that in times of crisis, it's okay to be a socialist? No. Right. So, Because well, if so, then we're, we're, we're collecting 3.3 trillion. They already blow all that and waste it. Why don't they just self-fund themselves? Um, obviously, there's a lot of things that we be said on that, but we're not going to digress too far. So, yeah, this is the problem. This goes back to it. But I do think, Josh, that globally there's going to have to be a conversation. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of issues that are not being talked about. Um, you have debt that uh, African nations owe to China. They're talking about, you know, not paying or making China reimburse them because of the impact of the coronavirus. Obviously, the U.S. and China are, are, you know, going back and forth. China and Australia are going at it. Uh, You know, the EU is trying to decide if they're going to stand up to China, if they're going to, you know, work with China. So I think there's going to be a lot of jockeying over this debt and how it plays out. And so ultimately, I don't know what the solution is. I think we talked about this before. Can they just look around and say, well, we're going to pretend like that didn't happen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's it's kind of a hard thing to think about because you go, well, how can you pretend like you didn't print the money? Well, you didn't have the money to print to begin with. So so how can you, like, and that's one thing I never heard explained. If you can just print it, why can't you just forgive yourself of it? I don't understand. Like, why does it the government, here, here we go, here we go. I'm going to save the economy right now. Trump, Pelosi, uh, who's the turtle looking guy? Uh, McConnell, um, you know, you guys. Um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pass a $20 trillion stimulus package that offers the federal government forgiveness of that loan if they give it to American people. Problem solved. Problem solved. It's a forgivable loan. We are the people that actually pay the bill. We are granting forgiveness. Y'all print it. Y'all give $20 trillion to us
2: and we'll call it a day. Like, right? What? what? Well, if 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 socialism worked, that would be a great idea. (laughs) No, 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 no! no, no, It's a forgivable loan, Josh. So, see that? (laughs) Which what you're getting into there is is one of the one of the problems with socialism. Everybody knows that it doesn't work without a free market, capitalistic uh, system propping it up. So once you go too far on the socialists. You know, you know, once you get too far left on the socialist spectrum, everybody knows you destroy the economy. You, you become Venezuela because when they print that $20 trillion, all of a sudden, all dollars are worth almost nothing. I mean, mm. the, the, the value drops so much. Uh, and that and what you're pointing at is if they do it in small steps, they can do it without anyone actually making a big hoopla over it. You know, that mm-hmm. people just kind of ignore it. Um, it's so frustrating, though. It's so frustrating because.
1: Well, and, and to your point real quick is that folks have said um, when, the, when the, if you go back and you can read these headlines, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, there was one that says, can a broke U.S. actually battle China in a cold war? Um, you know, China's position globally is much stronger than it historically has been. All of those arguments are based upon. It, excuse me ignoring this simple free market and banking principles, China actually doesn't have the money for the belt and road initiative. They print it just like we do. Um, the African nations don't have the money to actually repay it back. So you actually look at how a lot of this stuff happens and most, most countries, especially the big ones are all in the same, um, same spot we are. And to your point, so some people might say, well, look at, look at how China's done this or this group does that. Well, the, the reality is, is that, um, a lot of what we see is, is done by, Smoke and mirrors, but I am I am saying right now, if the speakers of the houses and Trump want to bring, bring me in, I will not wear a mask. I will. What, what's the medicine Trump's taking now? Hy- Hydrocodone, hydrochloroquine,
0: chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. hydroxychloroquine.
1: Hydroxychlor- I will. I will bring my hydroxychloroquine and I will lysol my throat and uh, make sure that everything's good. <laughs> and uh, I will come and present this twenty trillion dollars stimulus, save America, forgivable program. Um, to everyone, and I will break it down for a small fee of you know hundred million dollars, gold, not not, not that dollars. I don't want that crap. I want gold. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I, once again, I'm here to save the country.
2: All right. Survey: Twenty percent of energy workers would take unpaid leave then return to office now. Uh, if this is shocking to you, you are an ostrich with your head stuck in the ground. So, uh, th- this is uh, this has been something that we've been talking about. People are, people are being paid uh, an exorbitant amount of money to stay home. And now a lot of people are saying they don't want to go back to work right now. They would rather continue taking this money uh, because they're making just as much or more to stay home. So, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you wanted to live in a socialist country, just move to America and uh, <laughs> enjoy
1: well, you know, if you look at some of the comments here, employees who had concerns about uh, childcare and who lived in multi-generation houses were less likely to want to return to the office. Older workers said they'd rather work from their work home. Would rather work from older workers said they would rather work from their offices. Oh, okay. Maybe I've just read that. Um, you know, and so, you know, the question is: what, when we say old workers, And I don't want to be derogatory here because this is not what I mean. I'm saying that we know that the oil industry has a very wide pay scale, right? So you have folks who are making probably minimum wage to folks who are making, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand plus a year. Um, And so when you say, well, okay, Workers that are staying at home. What? Why do they want to stay at home? Is it because they're concerned about their health? Is it because of, like you say, maybe it's a lower income employee who's getting um, substantial benefits from the federal government? Is it someone who makes, you know, three, four hundred thousand a year, and you know what? They 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 don't they don't need no no money right now. They're doing pretty good. You know, they're, they're hanging in there. So um, the headlines are always interesting to read. I haven't read all of the studies. Uh, I haven't read all the details of the study, but um, but I do think the point about paying so much for unemployment is a, is a scary trend to start. And um, finally, I saw someone the other day said, well, listen, why don't companies just pay these people more so they can come back to work? Well, <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, well,
2: sorry. I'm sorry. Right.
1: I mean, now is, is there some companies who could pay their employees more and, and outpay the feds? Sure but like there was a little coffee shop in our town and I'm pretty sure it's going out of business. Um, yeah, because of the shutdown, I know they're struggling and I think I heard they went out of business. Um, and I think coffee shop where well, they pay people seven, eight bucks an hour, whatever minimum wage is probably. Oh, yeah. right. So if you're, it's safe to assume that the coffee shop owner is probably, unless you own like 40 Starbucks is probably not knocking down, you know, 3 million a year in this profit. Right. Probably yep. making a decent living, probably working a lot of shifts. Uh, maybe on a side, you know, maybe it's a, a side business he owns or whatever, or she owns. Um, but probably not just killing it. So, yeah, the, the coffee shop owner could pay, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of you know 15 and 20 an hour. But what what would that do to the co- price of coffee, Josh? The
0: price either, they, either the price would go way up or the coffee shop wouldn't be there very long.
1: Yes. Yes. Back to basic economics 101. So look at us. Look at us between the three of us, we were able to figure out that, that riddle. So now don't email me and say, you know, Bob over here is could pay people more. Of course, I'm not saying that there aren't situations that could pay it more. However, I thing I'll say on this is let's just presume that, um, companies across the board could pay more. Um, well, there, there, there are these things called costs that come up, you know, you got taxes, you got to buy new equipment, you got to pay for the building, you got, uh, you know, lawyers, CPAs, you know, if you're a tech company, you're paying for research and development, you have all these things that go into it, um, that, that are, that are some are, some are fixed, some are fluctuating. Um, and so I think those arguments are very, very simplistic other cases. Yes. But did you say that it's just so laughable that it's, uh, it's preposterous. Final thing is, if you want to go risk all your money and open up your own business, Josh, Ryan, Nate, we all will applaud you. Um, and we all will back your decision to pay your employees and to make as much money as you can because you risked your own money and your own livelihood to do that. We are all allowed to make that risk, but only a few do. And so they do They do deserve the uh, you know a higher share of the profits or however you want to say that.
2: I got an article in here for you, Ryan. I was uh, searching earlier and I found uh, oil and gas 360, Texas fears losing oil rich lands in Chinese takeover of weakened energy companies. Quote here, it's a national security concern to allow unfriendly foreign countries to come in and buy land and oil. What is your take on that, Ryan? What do you think? I'm sorry. I was, I got distracted. Start that over again. Uh, Texas fears losing oil rich lands and Chinese takeover of weakened energy companies. So, quote here, uh, I believe this is from Fox Business. It's a national security concern to allow unfriendly foreign countries to come in and buy land and oil. What do you think about uh, China coming in with uh, lower oil prices, lower land prices, and buying up properties, um, and buying up land and minerals? Uh, to start producing oil and takes uh, you know, I guess a uh, little bit of control.
1: Yeah. So so let's just go back to boy, socialism is, is the topic of the day. Um, do we honestly think? Do we honestly think? Let's just get hype, not 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 principle, not economics. Just honestly think. Do we honestly think if our economy was struggling and a foreign owned, hundred percent backed, foreign owned oil and gas company had the ability to impact the market and they did something in the U S that our government would not try to find them, threaten them, potentially revoke their contract and all kinds of stuff. Right. Yep. So, you know, let's, let's, so before we get to the fear mongering and the, the legitimacy, um, let's, let's just talk practically. Look, Trump would consider sending like Tomahawk cruise missiles to their, you know, to their offices and threaten them. So, you know, it's to me, that's a little bit much uh, too too much fear mongering. The second thing I'll say is, folks, if you want peace and stability globally, the best way is to have cross cross border investing. That's the best way Because if you're investing in. um, Oh, let's say I'm just trying to pick up a random country here. That's very small, and I can't find one. Um, Let's say you are... Burundi. Which one? Burundi.
0: Burundi.
1: (laughs) Burundi. Nate's making a reference to our letter. Where is Burundi, Nate, for those who,
0: like everyone else, don't know? It is a very small country to the west of Lake Victoria and Uganda in East Africa. Okay. So uh, East Africa, they came
1: out the other day and had some challenge to... uh, um, to to Israel's legitimacy as, as a state, anyways, we aren't going to follow the news there. And I'm not saying we should follow the news for Burundi, Burundi, however you say it. Um, I'm, that's not the point. The point is, if you were investing your hard-earned dollars in some infrastructure project, some stock exchange, some refinery, whatever it is in that country, you are far more concerned that that country has political stability. Their their population is getting good wages. They're trading well. Uh, And so if Tanzania starts putting the squeeze on them, you're going to be like, hey, uh, you know, we need to do something about Tanzania. These guys are are messing up my investment here. Uh, As I'm looking at now, you know, Burundi is a landlocked nation. So they definitely have all kinds of trade issues just from that alone. Um, South of Rwanda. Um, Anyways, um, so is it possible that the Chinese or some foreign entity could come here and do stuff that's not in our, our best interest? Of course it is. Um, but the, but the question really is, Josh. Let's just get really practical here. Should any company have the right to drill when they want to? If you know they have legitimate contracts, they're you know they're doing all things up on the up and up. Should they have the right to? If you believe in free markets, the answer is yes. If you want to work with the Chinese, um, allowing them to come in and, and enter into free market agreements, not some of their Belt and Road Initiative agreements, but actually free market agreements uh, in the U.S. would actually probably help things because make no mistake about it, the Chinese are concerned that our government will revoke their rights or you know, bring up some kind a of lawsuit or whatever uh, and sanction them, tariff them, whatever. Um, because as we've seen before, the laws can be written overnight. So uh, I don't think it's that big of a threat. Maybe you guys disagree, but that's my thoughts.
2: Well, I, I, my first thought was if they come over here and say they bought, say, a hundred thousand acres, and they have, well, we can make it more serious. If make it bigger, but just say they bought a hundred thousand acres, and uh, they went in and just started pump and just drilling and tried to drill prices down. I know the numbers don't work out, but right. it seems that the the government. I mean, they are they are not opposed to coming in and taking what doesn't belong to them. You know, they they can do that. Um, and especially if there's a national threat, these Chinese people that own that would they'd be they'd be out of the country, and they wouldn't own any of their property by the end of the day if if the government wanted to come in and take it. So I just like you said, I I, I think I think number one, uh, I don't I don't see an issue. Number two, which you said, uh, you know, with cross cultural trading and investing, um, that that is what the that is the way forward. Um, I mean, if, if I had a house over in China, I would not want the government, you know, my government bombing the dog piss out of them.
1: And pull, you'd pull them. want the Chinese government to be more responsible in how they treat their citizens. Yeah, you because totally, you don't. Right?
2: Yeah, right. You want them to. Yeah, and so you would. You would have mutual interest in seeing both sides work out because you have uh, personal interests in both areas, and and that that is that is, uh, I think, the best path forward. And what we see a lot of times with these deals are, these
1: deals are done, um, like to quickly digress into the Australia-China deal. Um, you know, Australia sends China, China like 100 million tons of barley, I think it is a year mm-hmm. or um, You know, China's mad because they're back in the investigation. They're talking about putting anti dumping tariffs on Australia. turns out Australia's slapped anti dumping tariffs on China repeatedly. So you start kind of getting into you know, how a lot of these things are happening on that level. And there is, there is, um, you know, corruption and, and things that are going on there, you know, manipulating the markets. Um, but, but the amount of, the amount of, uh, all they'd had to do in the U S to drill the price down, they'd had to be a substantial stakeholder, a B. Um, I don't know if you saw this or if it's in our, if it's in our list, the deck here, or not. Uh, did you see who all saw, Saudi Aramco is just bought, uh, their sovereign wealth fund? Mm. So, um, they bought into, I believe it was, um, BP, is that right? So they bought into, okay, so let's look, look, here's the list. They bought into Boeing. Well, what does Boeing do? Wars. (laughs) I mean, so they sell planes that we fly in, but what else does Boeing do? Seriously, serious question. What does Boeing do? Well, look that up, they, they got they five hundred twenty-two million into the Citigroup, five hundred twenty-two million into Facebook, four hundred ninety-five million into F- Disney, four hundred eighty-seven million at Bank of America, um, and I want to say they bought into BP or Shell. I'm trying to find that. Yeah, here it is. Um, they bought eight hundred twenty-seven point seven million in BP. Um, let's see here they bought some in Carnival, I think. Uh, oh, here it is. They bought Royal Dutch Shell as well. Um, so I think this is all the list. So when you say the Chinese are going to come here, now this is the, the Saudis. You said that you're worried about the Chinese coming here and doing something like this. These the, the, the Saudis just bought 500 million into Citibank and to 487 into Bank of America and seven, 713 million into Boeing. Like, so, now what?
2: Yeah, yeah I think I think uh, buying some land and drilling some oil is the least of our national security issues. I'm yeah, not saying I mean, I'm not saying the Saudis shouldn't be able to do that either. I'm just saying that I mean we're not. Uh, that's much more risky than trying to buy some land. Does it really make Air Force One? Yeah, I think right. so. And so yeah. you have the
1: president that the the plane that the president of the United States flies around on. Um, has massive investments from foreign nationals. Now, I'm not saying that the Saudis are going to do anything bad or corrupt or this, that, and the other. That's not the point. The point is, is that folks, you've got to wake up and realize that there's a lot more going on than whoever, um, who is this article? By? Um, I don't, I can't find it now. i change the page. I did too. Let
2: me see. Here, I got it. Uh, I don't uncategorized. No, it don't tell us.
1: Okay. Anyways, but so yeah, so if you want to say that they shouldn't invest in our for in our in our banks, okay, that's a fine argument to make. We can have a discussion. If you want to say they shouldn't invest in uh, Boeing, okay, that's a fine argument. But sometimes you know when we when we put things out, it's like oh yeah, they shouldn't be able to do this because they can do this like well, okay. that that's that's an interesting argument. What about all the other stuff that they've been doing or could be doing? Are you concerned about that? And the reality is, there's so much more to this. Um, I mean, there's a piece from the um, Washington Times or the New York Times that came out talking about, you know, the bombs that the Saudis have been dropping in Yemen. You know, those are U.S. made bombs. So, like, if you want to get into geopolitical stuff, that's fine. But it's a rat's nest. It's not as just plain and dry. Final thing I'm gonna say is, listen, I don't know anybody. Well, I met an Uber driver one time from Iran. I don't know anybody in Iran that I could call and I could talk to. I want those people to, as Bach would say, live long and prosper. I got a wife and four kids. There's dudes over there that got a wife and four kids. I don't want those kids growing up starving. Um, you know, I don't want those kids growing up and um, you know living in a, in a third world size emerging market. Um, the, the best way to help them is to do business with them. I know there's corruption. I know there's a lot of things at play here. I'm, I'm making a simplified argument that um, that's that's the the best way to. Um, to cut them off, and to isolate them. Nate, we talked about this yesterday. What are the
0: name the biggest totalitarian states that we have in our in our world? We got what North Korea, the United States, <laughs> the European <laughs> Union, uh, the United Kingdom. No, um, the the most notorious totalitarian states are, um, and I, I'll need to double check this, but North Korea, mm-hmm. um, China. There are yeah, there's China, China. although China's the totalitarianism there has gone down in recent years because mm-hmm. they've realized their need for international trade. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few tin pot dictatorships in Africa that um, are horribly horribly impoverished because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't trade with other countries. they They try to be self-contained economies. Mm-hmm. And there's not much else besides Iran, Iran, yeah, Cuba. I don't
1: know what Cuba's status is now, but Cuba for the Cold War was, uh, you know, was kind of the example. But, Venezuela. Yeah, Venezuela, obviously, at uh, varying degrees. But those countries, which the only, only thing I'm trying to get to is that those countries, uh, that they don't trade with outsiders, are they actually being thrown over by not trading? So, like, if you sanction these countries, is it actually making a change in government? Like, mean, how long was Castro down in Cuba? Until he died. Right. And we mm-hmm. wouldn't trade with Cuba the whole time. So the embargo and all that stuff never, never, never worked. And Cuba is just like right there. Like you could throw a rock and hit Cuba. So if you think you're going to sanction Iran into oblivion, uh, I got some, I got
2: some fed money. That I want to, want to pass over to you. So anyways,
1: thank it, Josh. You're getting yourself on
2: geopolitics. Why are you doing this? Those are so many, uh, so many moving parts going on. There is a lot of moving parts. Well, we got one, two, three, four articles for our Texas Roundup, uh, and these span a pretty wide-ranging list of things. First one is Texas and West Virginia urge court to block order staying oil and gas pipeline projects. So uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey led 16 other states and a friend of the court brief filed with the United States Court of Appeals decrying a district court's decision to enjoin not just the Keystone Pipeline project, but also a nationwide permit that would advance new oil and gas pipelines in every state. Um, So what they're trying to do is get approval for, or not approval. They're trying to get the, the state, um, to not interfere with pipeline projects, so there are some that are trying to. Some states specifically are trying to prevent these pipeline projects from moving forward, and so these guys are kind of leading the charge to try to get the states to back back down. Uh, you know, let let the pipeline projects go forward, and I am all for that. Obviously,
1: hey, real quick, Biden. I don't think it's in our notes. Biden said yesterday that he would shut down the uh, the Keystone XL. And as an aside. Biden also announced last week that he's bringing on AOC and Nate's favorite politician, John Kerry, to head up his, um, his climate board or his energy policy board or something like that. So expect a, you know, Biden was actually the best one in the, uh, in the primaries on oil and gas. And so expect a interesting battle between him and AOC over, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, Biden loses the
0: Houston vote now.
1: Well, you know, I, he actually, you know, with the way things are going, I thought he actually had a shot to pick up some oil and gas work, uh, voters because he, you know, he's told someone in the primary, if you don't, if you want to ban fracking, don't vote for me. And it's like, usually in the general, you move more to the center. It's like, well, is he pivoting to the left? Like that would be a bold strategy.
2: He's lost his dang mind. Yeah. Well, we, we need to, I need to start following some of his policies, just start commenting on them because, uh, that, that's terrible. If he's going to ban, yeah, that's terrible. And and I did see AOC, which yeah, okay, um,
1: AOC and John Kerry are on his climate policy group, and so um, I mean, again, when he announced that, it's like okay, AOC does not she speaks her mind, you know, whenever she wants to. Biden's policies seem to be against what she's you know the Green New Deal and stuff like that. So how the, how are those two going to reconcile? Um, that that will be interesting to see how that plays out.
2: All right. New funding helps energy e-commerce firm expand. Um, so this is just for looking at some of the funding that's, that's going on. I'm going to link this in the show notes. Uh, interesting read. Uh, n- another one. Uh, this is one that I mentioned earlier. This is uh, from Yahoo Finance. This one says a few U.S. oil and gas firms return small business COVID-19 loans. So they said here that only four of 12 are, um, are going to be able to repay the loan um, by the deadline. So only four of 12. Um, mm-hmm. so that, that gives you an idea of the state of things. And the uh, final one is DOE announces 230 million to build advanced reactor demonstration project. Um, so if you're into this, this is an interesting, interesting read here. Uh, we'll link this in the show notes with that, Ron, I think that, uh, that wraps us up for the day, man.
1: Okay. If you are interested in the newsletter, which um, you can find at warroommedia.com, you can go there and sign up. We would appreciate some five-star reviews. And hopefully, you know, Josh, um, this time next week, we get a storage report out tomorrow. I'll be curious to see how the markets are responding, if we get a big draw tomorrow, um, if the prices will go up or if we're on level out. I need to, We need to reach out and get old Jay Young. I know he's pretty bullish on the price. And so maybe we can get him on to come talk next week about Uh, he's a little bit more optimistic about the price getting above 50 by the end of the year, um, more so than I am. And we will link to, there was a report that came out, I'll send this to Nate right now, from um, Daniel Yergin and his group, IHS, last week, talking about what they expect to see with the price of the next uh, I think it's two years, year and a half. Anyways, I will link that in the show notes so you guys can go read that if you're curious what they're saying about the Potential for the price to come up over the next year or two. So, and with that, five star reviews only. If you're going to be a socialist about it, take the stars from someone else's podcast and give them to us, right? Yeah, we're just—I mean, true. we're giving you free content weekly, whether it's good or not. That's a separate discussion, but we're we're giving it to you freely. So, um, and part of the socialist mindset is that you're giving stuff freely. So, be be kind, rewind, and until next time, keep on.